Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Lisa likes the window seat at night, the lights below that tell her she's nearly home. Then there's the lights she can't see, the runway lights we power to bring her plane safely into land. And because at Energia we also power all of Ireland's streetlights, Lisa's taxi home is that bit safer too. And no prizes for guessing who powers her house. Welcome home, Lisa. Energia, the power behind your power. Welcome to the More Perfect Union, the podcast that offers real debate without the hate. I'm Kevin Kelton, a moderate Democrat living in Los Angeles, California. I'm DJ McGuire, a progressive conservative in Suffolk, Virginia. I'm Greg Matuzek, a common sense liberal. Right now, when you come in and switch to T-Mobile, you get the amazing iPhone 11 Pro on us with iPhone XS trade-in. <sighs> Aren't these mountains majestic? Joe, are you even looking? I'm posting these amazing pics I took with my iPhone 11 Pro. It has three cameras. Whoa, those pics are amazing. And you have service too? T-Mobile. Their newest signal goes farther than ever before. Uh, then you can look up whether these are bear tracks, right? Or we could just run. Come to a T-Mobile store today and get iPhone 11 Pro on us with iPhone XS trade-in. And right now, get four lines for just 30 bucks a line with AutoPay. Switch today. Contact us if you cancel or credits may stop in full price due, plus taxes and fees via 24 monthly credits for well-qualified customers with qualifying service and finance agreement. Zero down with trade-in plus 3125 times 24 months. Pre-credit price $999.99. Zero percent APR while supplies last. Who was not asked for jury duty on any case involving <laughs> Manafort, so or any other high? Po- so I've been here waiting to do this all week from Cincinnati, <laughs> Ohio. And I'm Rebecca Kushmeyer, recently returned from vacation, and a progressive feminist from Kensington, Maryland. So it's we, true. None of us have been uh, sequestered. I We're was all gonna, allowed to talk about the Manafort trial. So <laughs> we'll vacation, that that's not code word for sequestered, is it, Rebecca? <laughs> it is not code word for sequestered. I was actually on vacation. <laughs> You're not winking right now, are you? I, I would, If I were winking, it would be uh, the terms of my sequester would be such that I couldn't tell you. Is, 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 is that a double wink? I can't tell. <laughs> I guess you'll find out when the rest of us find out the jury, um, oh. the, what the jury decides in the Manafort case, huh? You're killing me. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you more about that vacation, but um, I just want to mention for our audience that you can find out more about the four of us on our website, moreperfectunionpodcast.com, where you can also find written commentaries from us and other fun stuff about us. So, Rebecca, you were on vacation for the last two weeks. So that's why you weren't on last week's podcast in Yellowstone, I believe. I was in Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks. I was on a trip with my whole family, uh, my parents, my sister and her husband and kids and my husband and my kids. 
And, you know, guys, if you want to fall back in love with America, that's the place to do it. It, it is just the most beautiful, untouched, you know, well-conserved area uh, that I've been in in years. And it's, you know, the Yellowstone alone is 2.2 million acres and not a freaking cell tower to be seen. I had the worst. <laughs> I've been so shut off from the news. I've been frantically trying to catch up. But my favorite thing was I was um, I was taking a float ride down the Snake River in Grand Teton National Park. And our guide told us, he pointed to um, some crumbling buildings. He said that was the original, one of the first dude ranches in the area, which were these like tourist ranches where you could come and sign on as a cow hand for a few weeks. And John D. Rockefeller used to go out there every summer and he noticed more restaurants and more saloons and more hotels. And he was really troubled by it. So he decided to start buying land in the area and he convinced a number of his friends to also buy land. And they finally bought, I, I can't even remember how many hundreds of thousands of acres, but they, they put them together and deeded it to the national government. And that is what became Grand Teton National Park. He, he made this decision that he should conserve the land he loved so well and handed the stewardship over of it to the National Park Service, which I just think is a wonderful story to hear of people who, you know, have a, a, a checkered past, you know, a history that's a little bit questionable. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, and then he went on to create Standard Oil and ruin the environment. Right, this, was, this was after Standard Oil. It was like he was trying to do penance for it all. But yeah, you know, so, sometimes people do try and atone you know i i'm not sure he understood the the it's long-term nice effects of oil but it is a nice story that it you is. know i mean maybe elon musk could start buying up parcels of land somewhere and uh on the know, moon maybe help us all. yeah space he can buy up parcels of space <laughs> he, can, he can buy the whole moon for the space force which i didn't <laughs> yes. get to talk about last week but no oh, we're not touching that one again sorry <laughs> And the other big big event of this past week was my birthday, which I celebrated a couple of nights ago. Had a lovely uh, day and a lovely dinner with Jess at the, the Palm in Los Angeles. Had a four-pound lobster that we split, which was oh really my grand. My favorite dinner. And um, had a nice piece of cheesecake with a, 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 a candle on it. And I made a wish, and it came true. And now I can tell you what it was. Yeah, let's hear it. I wished that Greg would finally get one prediction right on this show. I knew it! I knew it! Thank you, Kevin! <laughs> and it came true. Greg, you want to tell everybody what my wish was? Oh, yeah. Last week's show, which Rebecca wouldn't know about this because she had no cell tower and she hasn't even listened to the show, was that I said that the Trump parade would was not going to happen, at least not this year. And what do you know, just like a wish from, I don't know, a cheesecake, <laughs> Trump then says, ah, you know, this isn't going to happen. Unbelievable. And the best part about it is he then blames, like usual, everyone but what really happened. He blamed the mayor <laughs> of Washington. Yes, he found a woman of color to blame. Who's surprised? <laughs> So what was what was no what's the real story behind it though? I think the, the Pentagon doesn't want to spend ninety two million dollars. The mil military personnel don't want to take part in it, and it's a stupid idea. Yeah, or yeah. the optics of like while he's in the middle of a Russian investigation, collusion investigation that he's doing this giant May Day Russian parade. Right in the middle of Washington D.C., that it looks bad. Did no, someone... he wanted that. I don't. Think he, he did. I don't think he thought that looks bad. I think he would have liked to have had it before the election if he could. I think it was simply that they told him, "Look, 
It's way too expensive. It's untenable, and you're going to get horrible press for it. And they pulled it, and he was, you know, like a five-year-old. He just threw a temper tantrum. That's awesome. And <laughs> But the best part about this, I got the prediction right. Um, <laughs> yes, the, 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 what really matters is Greg getting it right. Yeah. DJ, don't feel bad. I have another birthday coming up next year. I'll wish one for you. A right prediction. <laughs> I would like to note that I'm actually turning things around. My Ohio 12 prediction that there would be no call actually held up. That's true. Oh, yeah. has there been a call on that? I mean, that is no. that final? No. No, no. no the, the recount hasn't even started. Oh, that. wow. They, yeah. Okay. But with that in mind, DJ, do you want to right now make a prediction on Ohio? 12? Like, who's going to win? No. <laughs> Keeping oh, that record clean. Uh, uh, yeah, honestly, honestly the, part of it is that we're, we're talking about a congressional seat that will be held for all of five months. I mean, they're going to, they're, they're the same two candidates are going to go after it again in November. Uh, and as, as, as painful as it sounds, or as strange as it sounds, it almost really doesn't matter who wins this special election anymore. You know yeah, what else doesn't matter true. anymore? Truth. Because as we learned this morning from uh, America's mayor, truth is not truth. Or so Rudy Giuliani told Chuck Todd on More, per- on, uh, More Perfect Union, on Meet the Press. <laughs> <laughs> you got some news for us, Kevin? Because that would be a get. Can we get Chuck yeah, Todd? <laughs> I think my after job this week we may danger. be able to get Rudy Giuliani. Um, <laughs> so, well, guys, it, obviously it was a slip of the tongue. And but it it's gonna it's gonna be all over the news for the next few days. It's gonna overtake uh, Kellyanne Conway's alternative facts comments as one of the dumbest things anybody said in the entire investigation. But beyond that, does it have any uh, real consequence? Um, actually, it wasn't a slip of the tongue. I think he really meant to say it. Um, and if you heard it in context, the whole point is. Um, he was trying to say that there is Comey's side of the story and then there's Trump's side of the story. Um, you know, is it truth or not? And that's what he was trying to get. And Chuck Todd was kind of unfair by jumping on that one bit. As soon as he said it, he jumped on it. Giuliani was trying to give him get a, a really terrible roundabout way of saying, look, there's there's two sides of every story. It's a he said, he said version. And who are you going to believe? It's a credibility issue. Here's the, here's the problem with Rudy's who are you going to believe. There are other FBI officials who Comey told this to contemporaneously at the time of the meeting or the day or two after. So it's not he said. And I said this last week. It's not right. he said, he said. It's. Donald Trump, who has no credibility whatsoever for 70% of the people in this country, against four or five individuals who worked for the FBI. Now, I've heard some experts say, you know, the reason that Strzok got fired and the reason that uh, McCabe, you know, was fired right before he could retire was, you know, that they're not around anymore. He somehow, you know, uh, uh, took out their, you know, like they're dead or something. They're not dead. Just because they don't work for the FBI anymore doesn't mean that they can't testify, and it doesn't mean that their work, their version of events will have no credibility. If you have five people testify that Comey had that conversation with Trump, and he told them that that's what Trump said, and Trump, by the way, has not yet said publicly that Comey never said it. 
Giuliani says, Trump says it never happened. So we still don't even have a he said, he said argument. Trump told Lester Holt it happened. Right. So we have five he said. No, he didn't actually. He told him that his reasoning for firing Comey was- Oh, 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 that's right. Yes. Okay, He didn't say that Comey and he had that conversation. Yeah. But so we have four or five people who will testify to the fact that the conversation did happen or they were told at the time it did happen. And we have Rudy Giuliani saying he believes that the president will say differently. The problem, the problem is that none of those people, as none of those people were in the room with Comey, essentially it can all it can all be dismissed as hearsay. No, it no, all comes- no, no, no. That is absolutely wrong legally, DJ. I am sorry. If you have corroborating witnesses, that is not hearsay, and the, that will not be dismissed. The, the corroborating witnesses were not in the room. As soon as they say, Comey told me, it's objection hearsay, and it's tossed. You're wrong. It comes wrong. down to— okay. Yeah, now, I, I believe in the earlier analysis when we found out that Comey had made contemporaneous notes and had reported them, that those contemporary, contemporaneous notes are admissible as evidence, as are contemporaneous I'm not that, conversations. I'm not saying— I'm not saying the notes are inadmissible. What I'm saying is that that if somebody says, "Oh, Comey told me this," then that's not that's not that's first of all hearsay evidence is admissible in a court of law. DJ, I don't no, know where you heard that. It's no, it's not. Un, unless people, it's used unless it's used that <laughs> unless it's used for potential rebuttal testimony. It's that is not, rebuttal testimony. It's not admissible. That is rebuttal testimony. The president says it didn't happen. But you can. But I think the line of questioning could go something like, you know, Director Comey noted in his file on X date, this X happened, and he then called you to report on that. Did he in fact make right. that call? And right. you can the, you can use right. that, Th- that as is supporting true. evidence. And that is if they're correct. you know the if they're issue. taking the conversations in isolation, that's one thing. But there are the conversations he did that very deliberately, I believe, to. He had the conversations to back up his notes should this very thing happen. The, the, the point I'm trying to make here is that at the end of the day, it really, it really does all come down to Trump versus Comey. No, it and the reality is – no, no, that, <laughs> that, that, that's, a better, that's a better thing than the rest of you people think because this is – Wait, you're telling you, us something is, is better than we think instead of worse than we think? In this case, it is. What happened while I was in away, this, DJ? <laughs> in this case, it is because we're talking about a fellow who was FBI director – was so concerned about making sure that Congress did not consider him dishonest that he sent that letter saying, "Yes, we are re- we are looking at we are looking at a laptop that may or may not have Hillary Clinton's emails," and set off that whole shebang. The fact of the matter is, for the people that Donald Trump needs on his side, who are the Never Trump conservatives and moderates and centrists and such. They all trust Jim Comey a hell of a lot more than they trust Donald Trump. So if Trump tries to make this, uh, oh, well, it's my word versus Comey's, Trump is going to lose. As for Rudolph Giuliani, this is also the same fellow who told Chris Cuomo that facts are in the eye of the beholder. Those are exact words. But it's annoying. Cuomo's like, no, facts are not in the eye of the beholder. And Giuliani said, oh, well, nowadays they are. That's the kind of person we're dealing with here. And I honestly think this is... Part of the reason why Rudy Giuliani is still out on the air is he is essentially he's not a lawyer. I mean, I know he is a lawyer, but he, he is a lawyer. His Once role again, is facts. Not, <laughs> his role is not to be the lawyer. Let me say this. Let me let me be yes, more. Yes, his role is language. to be the lawyer. What you're saying is what he's really doing is a PR campaign, and that's true. But yes. his role is as a lawyer. He, but what he truly is is a weapon of mass distraction. Mm. That's what he's doing, and he's doing it ex- exceedingly well. 
Yes, and by saying that he's a lawyer, all of his conversations with Donald Trump are privileged, so nobody can call him to testify and say, hey, did your batshit boss say this batshit thing in private? Well, speaking of uh, lawyers and privilege, Don McGahn, we learned this week, has testified multiple times uh, in front of the Mueller investigative team, and um, that came as quite a revelation. Now, Giuliani claims that the, the Mueller side leaked this, which makes no sense whatsoever. But um, I think this has real implications because buried in the New York Times article was one paragraph where where credible sources who were familiar with this whole thing and how it went down said that McGahn, first of all, he he went in with his own lawyer, so he clearly <laughs> thinks that he, there might be some um, legal jeopardy for his own testimony. But the McGahn team believed that maybe the president allowed him to testify, did not uh, invoke executive privilege because they were trying to set him up as the fall guy. And therefore, their strategy to avoid that was to make sure that he testified 100% truthfully. Now, why is this important? Because McGahn suspected that someone was trying to make him the fall guy. You can't be a fall guy if there was no crime. So he's actually saying that there was something to cover up or that the president wants to cover up. Otherwise, he wouldn't suspect that maybe they were making him a fall guy. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I mean, I think that my guess is that McGahn would be a witness in the obstruction case, that, that that's yes, what he right. could most confirm, yes. not, not the collusion side right. of the investigation. Right. But if Trump did, in fact, have that conversation, when it came up, he would have been in the room when Trump was either denying it or acknowledging it. And, and that's going to have – that's going to be a very important uh, bit of information. But I believe McGahn knows a lot of skeletons in Donald Trump's closet, really bad stuff. And I don't buy for a second that his testimony was exculpatory. Now, now the best part about Giuliani's uh, interview, for me, wasn't the truth is not truth. I get it. You know, he, he said something in a roundabout way. But was when talking about the McGahn interviews, he said, you know – our case is a lot stronger now that you guys have 30 yeah, hours. Yeah, because it's a bullshit ass. It he's was a terrible. Artist. And then it gets, it gets better. It was when he said, well, now that you guys had, now that Mueller has 30 hours of McGahn testimony, I don't really even see the point of interviewing Donald Trump because, I mean, look at it. He's interviewed McGahn. I mean, he knows what happened. And, <laughs> and, 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 and Chuck Todd said, Chuck Todd said, so you've talked to him again. He goes, well, me? No, I haven't. But uh, I, I kind of feel like I know what, what went on. And he goes, so how do you know what went on? He goes, I get the sense. Uh, and he goes, no, because he talked to Trump's other lawyer. Yeah, he talked who, to Trump's other lawyer. He goes, who, who he vaguely referenced might have talked to him again. Right, and he's like, <laughs> so, so you have no idea what went on. He goes, no, I, 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 it's, it's like telephone. I, it's like that kids' game telephone. Okay, were you not listening to me five minutes ago? He's a yes. weapon of mass distraction. Mass distraction. I DJ, know. that's the definition of hearsay. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but let's. I mean, that that thirty-hour number is pretty damn significant i mean that's almost a work week he spent the equivalent of four working days talking yeah, to robert Mueller. that's not small yeah, you can no, say a lot i mean we, we get tired of the sound of our own voices and have nothing left to say after like an hour and 15 minutes <laughs> <laughs> 
So now that they're all sequestered, and now I, I think after they've had their weekend, wait, wait, who's sequestered? Uh, isn't the, the jury? We, no. we we switched subjects on you while you weren't paying attention. Oh, and sorry. no, they're not sequestered. They're not. They're home. Oh, it's just Rebecca. Um, yeah, I'm the only one who was sequestered. <laughs> Which is amazing to me that in the in the most important trial of the 21st century. The whoa, judge whoa, did not whoa, 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 no, 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 no. This is no, not I even the most yeah, this important This is a money Manafort laundering trial, trial for one shady guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, this yeah. is not even the important, the, the the more important Manafort trial is the one that's coming up in September, because that's the one that has greater connections with whatever. Okay, but you get with, my with point. Putin's okay, maybe, I, maybe that was a little yeah, but hyperbole. He's, well, he's, he's sealed the jury's names. Because well, he that himself doesn't do is receiving anything. threats. I know, but, but I just But the did... jury can hear everything that Donald Trump tweets about the goddamn because case. The, it's, look, it's well, I, you don't know. They could all be blocked. Folks, yeah. this is – folks, <laughs> Judge, Judge Ellis, who has been on the bench for 30 years, probably had no idea this would create the massive shitstorm, forgive my term. That I mean, he he said himself he, – he said himself he's, he's he has been getting threats against his life. And the impression I read from the reporting of it was like this was a complete shock to him. Well, it's also possible that he feels like there was so much sunshine on all of this in the lead up that they're sequestering them for deliberations wasn't going to change anything. Well, he made a big mistake because Trump tried to tamper with the jury on Friday afternoon, knowing that they were still, you know, they were taking the weekend off while they're still out deliberating. Knowing that they were not sequestered, the President of the United States made very poisonous comments about the prosecution and very positive comments about the defendant. It's unheard of. I remember when, uh, and again, I'm going to show you my age, when the Manson family trial was going on and Richard Nixon made some slight comment about Manson being crazy or Manson being guilty. And he was lambasted through the news and in general for having possibly tainted that case. You don't do that if you're of any, you know, public notoriety, but especially if you're the president of the United States. From top to bottom, this has been a shitstorm like everything else that Donald Trump touches. The fact of the matter is here, it's, it's a number of things. One, Donald Trump probably figured, hey, I can say I can send a message to Manafort. Clearly, he wanted to send a message to Manafort, and yes, that is wrong. No, he wanted to send that's, a message to the jury. That's ethically and horribly wrong. But again, he probably figures that he can do that because it has not occurred to him that the that the prosecutors actually are part of his government rather than some separate entity, as they are in New York City. The chief, hang on, the chief of staff is not going to correct him because the chief of staff is still more worried about getting brown people thrown out of the country because that's what he did as director of Homeland Security, as chief of the Department of Homeland Security. John Kelly has an agenda. Did anybody not notice that? I know the three of you did. I'm yelling at the listeners here. <laughs> so John Kelly is not going to tell, is not going to correct Donald Trump because so long as Donald Trump is kicking brown people out of the country, John Kelly's pretty pretty happy right now. John He'll Kelly keep to does himself. seem to like kicking brown people out of the country. You're right. That's true. That we <laughs> agree on. Okay, there it, we go. It, John Kelly it. might not even be reading Twitter. He might just be going around kicking some brown people out of the country. <laughs> he hears about this later. Maybe he's listening to our podcast and he's just catching up with it now. Hey, yes, like, it. He's actually going, damn, I need to meet my quota of kicking brown people out of the country. It's like that V8 commercial. 
Yeah, I not. could have had another deportation. Let me uh, let me uh, let me do a quote here, and this may this may you guys may all agree with this, and you guys figure out who said the quote. Okay, and here we go. Forget the myths the media created about the White House. The truth is, these aren't very bright guys, and things got out of hand. See who said that? Bob Woodward. Steve Bannon, because he thinks he's the smartest person in the ro- in any room he steps into. Close, close. Uh, Rebecca, R- Rebecca was closest. It was Deep Throat. Oh, and, ah, I was close. Cool. It was close, but pretty much DJ's right. They're not smart people, and things got out of hand, and that's what's going on here. And w- we keep talking about the uh, same things that happened in Watergate. Things are just getting out of hand. He's they're As not I've smart been saying people. through this whole administration, nobody said they were criminal masterminds. <laughs> just that they were criminals. No, yeah. they're like the Apple Dumpling Gang. <laughs> That's actually offensive to the Apple Dumpling Gang on an intelligence level. Oh, I know, because Don Knotts is an American trainer. I was gonna say, yeah, he was a let's yeah, let's not compare Don Knotts to Don Trump. We know who we like better on this podcast. <laughs> The More Perfect Union podcast, now heard on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. It's better than staying at home and listening to Michael Bolton. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly better. So coming back from talking about uh, people that uh, like or dislike Donald Trump, we know that Donald Trump does have an official list of people that he doesn't like or an enemies list. And they seem to be everyone with a security clearance that doesn't like Donald Trump. Yeah, he yanked uh, Brennan's security clearance this week. That was to be, for no good reason. Brennan, Brennan didn't do anything wrong. Usually to get your security clearance yanked, as I understand it, it either expires because you're no longer doing something that requires a clearance so it hasn't been updated, or you have to have messed up pretty darn badly. Like, you would get your security clearance leaked for, like, you know, sharing classified Israeli information with Russian diplomats. You know, like, that would get your clearance yanked or, or <laughs> falsifying your uh, your, your, uh, your form, applying for a clearance. Um, usually making statements saying, geez, the president sucks, does not get your clearance yanked. It's, it's a very unusual circumstance. You know, it, 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 it says something about how... How idiotically Donald Trump has botched this issue that we are talking about a CIA, we're talking about a CIA director or a former CIA director who during his time as CIA director spied on members of Congress, lied about it, and then was forced to admit it. And yet Donald Trump never brings that up at all. No, no. He has he turned. He, he wanted has wanted a tur- CIA director to spy on members of Congress for him. Right. He he has turned Brennan into a martyr. When he ve- he, he could very easily have said on the first day of office, "This dude spied on members of Congress. I'm pulling his clearance, and it should have been pulled yesterday." And most of America, once the information actually got out, would have gone, "Oh, oh, that's John Brennan. Oh, yeah." Yeah, pull his clearance every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Instead, the overwhelming majority of our listeners have probably just heard for the first time 30 seconds ago that John Brennan CIA spied on the Congress and didn't tell them about it. <laughs> All right. So Wait, what, who was the one who had the affair with the reporter? 
That was David Petraeus. Okay. Okay. Just tr- just try to remember. There, you know, there's a the lot scandal. of them. He still has his clearance as of this yeah. morning. Who still has right. his clearance? <laughs> He's fine. He's fine. So for me, I've been getting this from a lot of family members. They believed wrongly that as soon as you leave government work or as soon as you like as you're walking out the door with the box and you know they're like okay give us your security clearance like that happens and i keep saying no that that doesn't happen they're like where it should happen and they were shocked that ex-cia guys keep their security clearance and I've been trying, I've, I've actually done research and I guess you keep security clearance. It's like a teacher's license or a medical license. It's not like when you leave the job, you keep it for like up to three to five years and right. you can go and get it renewed. It's not, um, because a lot of people use it in the private sector. Sure. Or- that's actually, yeah, that some, sometimes, correct me if I'm wrong, DJ, you, you have a clearance, so you'd know this better than I would. Um, like that'll be a, God a damn it! Don't tell the president that. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Sorry, DJ. Um, but like it can be a you know they if if somebody's listing for a job, say at a defense contractor or some other entity that that deals with government stuff, they might say you know qualified candidate has an existing clearance of X level. Right. It 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 and again it it depends on in part on the agency involved. It depends on. The position the person has, if they are a contractor, usually it is the firm that is sponsoring them for that clearance. And if the employee leaves that firm, then the firm is no longer interested in having that person cleared. Then their new firm, if their new firm has them for a clearance job, essentially takes over the sponsorship of that clearance. Uh, as I have never been a civilian employee, I cannot say what the rules are for civilians, but usually that would be something where the government themselves would maintain and handle the clearance. And again, for for former officials, if they're that high ranked, the assumption is we're going to keep them cleared so that we can, you know, if we need a consult for them on anything, uh, if there's an issue where we need questions answered, you know, they can come in and have immediate access to all the information. It is a very rare situation where a high-ranking civilian authority with political appoint, uh, or, you know, political appointed gets their clearance pulled. They would have had to do something really strange. Criticizing the previous administration is not really strange. Spying on members of Congress without telling them is really strange. But that's not why the clearance was pulled. So the ter- the the phrase that supposedly got him pulled was he referred to the president as treacherous that was i thought it was treasonous treasonous excuse me treasonous yes. it is a long day um treasonous and it always is with this administration it always it? is so they're saying how do you know that he was treasonous and will you back that up and he's like well i've been watching a lot of c-span um and <laughs> literally he said i've been watching from what i've seen in the news it's obvious it's it's pretty obvious. It's just a short walk. I can put two and two together. I've done I've worked in intelligence. It's treason. Um and that's his you know, that's his uh, explanation for the word treason. Oddly, spying on Congress is not treason. Just no, throwing but, that right. out there. That that apparently is perfectly okay. That's Nothing okay. wrong with that. And and you know what? Well, let, you know, seriously, let's not mistake illegal, which I'm not sure whether what he did was illegal, no. but let's not mistake illegal for treasonous. What Brennan was referring to was if there was a conspiracy 
with a foreign government to affect the presidential election, that is treason. Now, then you come back to, well, Brennan has no proof. So maybe he was going too far out on a limb. Maybe it was hyperbole. But that's what he was talking about. Yeah, but yeah, and you, hyperbole, you, also you, not treason. Yeah, you, not you, even <laughs> illegal. You don't, you don't lose a clearance for hyperbole. Dear Lord, you well, don't yeah, lose, no, a, if we, if we you all don't lose a clearance for hyperbole. I mean, and this isn't even the beginning of a new policy on how we handle clearance and ex-officials. Because I've heard people say, well, yeah, oh, it is exactly It is exactly the beginning, of it. the beginning of the new policy is anybody who gets on Trump's bad side will lose their clearance. Right, but I meant That's a why real I'm so pissed at you, Rebecca. With, you know, with guidelines <laughs> and a comment period and rule propagation steps, DJ. <laughs> oh, oh no, no, that shit went out of that 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 shit went out of the policy making process on the 20th of January 2017. Yeah. That's gone. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, let me jump in. There would be valid arguments to be made about how long people retain their clearance after leaving government service. However, that is not the debate we're having because Donald Trump is really bad at being president. Let me jump in for a second. Go ahead, Kevin. You guys, and it's not your fault because aside from Rachel Maddow, everyone in the media has missed the real objective of what the Trump administration did this week. This was not about getting back at Brennan. It was not about vengeance. It was not about humiliating him. It's it's not a a list of people that Donald Trump wants to, you know, hurt their feelings. Here is why he pulled Brennan's clearance and why he is out to pull the clearances of Yates, of um uh if McCabe still has his Susan Rice. Rice. Here's why. Bruce Orr. Bruce Orr, thank you, who's a, 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 a sitting Justice Department official that they're threatening of, uh, to take his uh, clearance away. To testify in the Mueller investigation or potentially in front of Congress, if it comes to that, it helps if these people can review top secret information that they once had access to that maybe are a little fuzzy on a date or a name or a place. Once you've pulled their clearance, they can no longer look at that. Let me give you an example, and it's just one example. The so-called Steele dossier, and by the way, I hate that word. It should be the Steele report. Dossier is a loaded word, but that's aside. The real reason <laughs> that people like Brennan or uh the other people, Yates, Susan Rice, or uh, that he wants to pull their clearances. So let's take the Steele dossier, okay? There are things that were redacted out of it that Brennan, before this past week, would have been able to review that he now can only review the redacted version of it. Now, this is true for every piece of information that the Mueller investigation or the Senate or the or the House intelligence committees have gathered that has a top secret clearance. Brennan now no longer can be shown that even by the people who are interviewing him unless they go through a cumbersome judicial process to reinstore his security clearance. This is hampering the Mueller investigation. That is why the Trump legal team is taking this act. It's obstruction of justice, but they're going to get away with it because technically a president does have the power to rescind 
uh, somebody's security clearance. But make no mistake, this is not just some little uh, vengeance, uh, you know, poke in the eye thing. This is an attempt to inhibit and obstruct the Mueller investigation. Well, is that the objective or is that an externality? No, that was the objective. And, right. and, 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 and Rachel Maddow spoke about this on Thursday night. See, I, I disagree. don't know why the rest of the media don't disagree. This is true. No, no. So <laughs> it so is true that Rachel your, Maddow what? spoke about it. You can't disagree about that. So uh, no, it's not that I disagree that she spoke about it. I believe she did speak about it. I know, I know she spoke about it. That I, I, I'm agreeing about that. But I disagree with this theory um, <laughs> because it's a theory. It's I think not a theory. It is a theory. Okay, yes, a it theory. is a theory, okay, Kevin. It is a theory. That Just because you believe on. it in your head doesn't it's make it a fact. Okay, it's a theory. But I do believe that it wasn't just to punish him. That we can I have agree a dossier with. full of theories. Right. Since since I love conspiracy theories, but I do believe, and this might be a segue in its own way, that they they released it because they were taking heat from all. They were unpopular. This week's been a really bad week at the beginning of the week because all sorts of tapes have been released. Um, from a certain ex-White House staffer. And they were like, what can we do just to upset some people and take the shift off these tapes that have been released? You know, that might have been the timing. Yes, I if, agree yes. with you. That might have and been the timing, the timing of it because we all know that this was signed in July and they released right. it on August 15th or 16th. I mean, I think they were just holding it to a time when they could say... When this is something that you know, right now we are just getting killed. The and I mean, do you want do should we move on to this? Yeah, okay. So, the Amarosa tape, well, hang on, uh, b- b- before we do that, Greg, just one sure. thing I would note in 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 support of what you're saying sure. had this awesome. been had, had obstruction been the chief objective rather than an added bonus, sure. they would have pulled all these folks' clearances on Friday. Instead of coming up with a list and saying, okay, we'll pull the clearance, we'll, we'll issue, we'll pull their clearances whenever we have media problems and we can distract media attention. Because that's what they actually did. They said, we're going to drop this list and we're going to pull these, we're going to pull these clearances when we, when we have a bad media day. Yeah. Had obstruction been the main objective, those clearances would have been gone already. Brennan only found out that he had been decleared from the media. There is no way that Brennan would have not been told in advance, you're decleared. You can't talk about this shit to anybody un- had obstruction been the objective because they would he, they would have told him as soon as it happened. The fact that they waited to tell anybody until it was a bad media day tells me that, at least for now, obstruction is not the chief objective. The chief objective is distraction. Well, and has – I mean, does anyone know if Brennan's already been interviewed by Mueller? Has Brennan already cooperated? Yeah, I believe he's testified. Probably. Okay. So, th- so it's a it's it's a it's an obstruction move with no teeth. If no, Brennan's it's not because in- there's going to be a trial in the Senate. <laughs> there's going to be a trial if the Democrats win the House. There's going to be an impeachment trial. That's what they're trying to obstruct. Well, maybe they won't need his testimony. Yeah, but in a, in a, in a, in a trial in the Senate, Brennan can just keep coming in and going, I can't recall, and I the president declassified me out of spite, and I can't look it up. I mean, oh, we were, if we're talking testimony. media circuses, that would be, it, it'd be terrible testimony, but it would be great headlines. Um, Ambrosa had a great week. She hit 
every show from literally uh, Kelly and um, what's that small little man who who does the New Year's Eve show now? I can't even think of it. Um, to Good Not Morning Rangers. America, to the to the Daily Show, she was on everything, and every time they would say, "So were you fired?" She literally had a new tape recording someone in the white house you know and the best one was the laura trump one offering her a job after she got fired for being terrible and they offered her a job three days later at her exact same pay for doing nothing so it was a great week for her a bad week for them and she says, by the way, I have more tapes and there are more tapes of Trump using terrible words. Um, so it's just going to get worse out there. Well, OK, for speaking of things that could get your clearance yanked, isn't surreptitiously recording stuff in the Situation Room something to get your clearance yanked? I, I mean, her, I don't her think she has clearance was anymore. With the, with the white box in her hand as she was walking out. Yeah, the but I mean, like, that's so unethical and so devious I, uh, like i'm okay. floored hey, hey, that hey, that hey, happened hey, and that nobody thought it might and took away personal phones um hey, when they went into these sec- meetings hang on a second here i i don't necessarily dispute what rebecca said but i'm going to actually throw in another layer of 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 bio onto this hey who the fuck does john kelly think he is that he needs to that he is going to go to the situation room to fire a political appointee. Where does he get off? You do that in your office. You're right. Hey, he was tossing a brown person out of something. Yeah, the, he was, the, the, that the, was the, important to him. Yeah, the he situa- felt like the situation room was the venue for his principal objective. Right. Yeah, the, the situation room is it's, about... It's not a side office that you walk by and go, right. oh, no one's in here. Let's go sit in here for a few right. minutes. Exactly. No. <laughs> this is about... The, when serious shit is going down, you go to the situation room. You don't go to the situation room to fire a disgruntled employee. You do that in your office. The idea that that the chief of staff thinks that he is so that he is so important that he gets to fire people in the situation room, which almost certainly was supposed to be a method of intimidation. I mean, who the hell are we kidding here? Where does John Kelly get off? Where does he get off? I agree. I agree. That one I can't, I can't disagree with, you know. Um, and, you know, as far as taping, you know, CYA, that's all I have to say for Omarosa. Good for her. CYA, because they painted it to be that she was crazy. And, you know, from her past history on reality shows and how they edit those shows, everyone was like, yeah, I could see her being crazy. And, <laughs> you know, C Y A. That's the number one rule. You think she business. has any more significant tapes? I don't think so because I bet she, she hasn't. Does. She hasn't released one since I think Wednesday. I bet and she's just waiting for a better news. You know cycle. what? I, I, I her know. agent is probably brokering all kinds of stuff right now. Uh, Omarosa. It's there. Wad. I don't know. I. I mean, I. I don't know that I've ever actually watched Omarosa on anything, but I have unflagging respect for anyone who can sell America a product they don't need. And Omarosa is a person who has done that for many, many years. And, you know, she's she's used a lot of different stepping stones. Donald Trump has been one for her over and over again. She's cagey. And, you know, you have to give her credit for being 
a person with nerves of steel who's willing to take some really interesting risks to get ahead. Now, the fact that she's now telling us, oh yeah, Donald Trump is totally racist, that would have been good information for us to have in, say, 2015, you know, confirmation from a person of color. I'm not pleased that she sat on this until, you know, it was no longer to her benefit to say it. But um, you know, she's, I think she's smart, and I don't think we've seen the last of her. Okay. Uh, I hope we haven't seen the last of uh, Florida Senator Bill Nelson because he's a, he's embroiled now. Uh, he's running for re-election in 2018. Democrat from Florida, Bill Nelson, a long-sitting Democratic senator, is embroiled in quite a uh, controversy uh, in his re-election campaign against the sitting governor of the state, Rick Scott. DJ, you want to give us a little background on that? Yeah, this is yeah. This is this has been a fun week in Florida for for most of the week. Bill Nelson just seemed to confirm to everybody that he was the U.S. Senator version of Florida man by uh, making accusations that seemed that seemed utterly bizarre at the time, which was that Russia had managed to hack its way into Florida's election systems or some of the counties at least, and was still there and could do whatever sort of mischief was happening. Um, it seems so out like he based it on a letter that he and Marco Rubio sent to Florida officials on July 2nd. The problem was the letter itself didn't mention anything like this. His statement went far beyond what was actually in the letter. And numerous county officials in Florida were like, what? Do you have details? Can you let us know what they are? And his response had been, oh, well, that's classified, which was utterly <laughs> unhelpful for the Florida county officials. <laughs> Now the fact that he himself that that the governor of Florida was his election opponent led a lot of people to think, oh, okay, he's basically trying to find a way to smear his to smear his opponent while hiding behind classified information. I actually put a post on Facebook saying that he had so thoroughly muddied the waters that Russia could actually hack Florida systems, and he cried wolf so often that it would have been ridiculous. So while I was then prepping for my friend's wedding the next day. The intelligence community drops a leak on everybody that says, yeah, maybe Bill Nelson knew what he was talking about and uh, talking about because they said, well, yeah, they they actually got into a vendor, which Nelson had initially said. And because they got into the vendor, they probably got into a few counties and we don't know what the hell they've been able to do since then. So now Nelson is saying he's vindicated. His political opponents are saying we don't know what the hell that means. And once again, Florida's Florida. And the rest of the, the rest of us near the Florida United States got to look down like, dudes, what the f, people? Okay, now let wow. me give you the let me let me give you the the left. Because DJ is a right of center Democrat. Let me give you the left of center version of that story. Bill Nelson is on the Senate Intelligence Committee and knows things that are classified and knows things that he cannot say publicly. For now, he came he <laughs> came out and, and said based on that information. I can tell you that Florida's election systems may be may have been penetrated by the Russians. Then everybody started going, oh, Bill Nelson is going senile. He made this claim. The election officials in Florida, who happened, by the way, to be Republicans and appointees of Rick Scott's, uh, are going, we don't know what the senator is talking about. And then there's all of this media uh, tornado that whips up going, Bill Nelson is making crazy uh, you know, uh, senile uh, claims that he can't back up. In the meantime, NBC News has reported it has confirmed Nelson's claims. And I'm going to read this from the story. 
a top-secret National Security Agency document leaked last year to The Intercept, which is another very respected news website, said that Florida state election vendor VR Systems has been penetrated and had been penetrated in August of 2016 by hackers working for the Russian military intelligence, and that the hackers likely used data obtained from that operation to launch a voter registration-themed spear phishing campaign targeting U.S. local government organizations. Okay, the threat from the breach seems to be ongoing, said a cybersecurity expert who briefed NBC News on the matter. So all of this that's out there that, oh, Bill, wacky Bill Nelson has gone senile, he's making up crazy claims. In fact, he's telling correct information. And this is just simply right-wing media spin. Not you, DJ. I'm not claiming you. But what you are reporting on is right-wing media spin that is simply campaign rhetoric. It's, okay. it's, the, it's, the, it's the Florida gubernatorial aversion of crooked Hillary. Okay, first of all, this is the first time that well, – I just want it for the record. Kevin is referring to the Washington Post as a right-wing media source. Because <laughs> uh, it was, in fact, the WAP, it was, in fact, the WAPO, as we call it here locally, who gave Nelson four Pinocchios. Now, I'm not necessarily saying Nelson deserved all four, given what the intel community has leaked to NBC – but the fact of the matter is what the intel community has said is that, yes, a vendor was hacked, and through that vendor, the Russians may have gotten into some local – some local – may have gotten into some accounts from local, from local county election officials. Okay. What Nelson actually said was the Russians have gotten into local county official – local county voter registration records and that they are still there. The intel community didn't quite go that DJ, far. DJ, the last that, line that I just read, the cybersecurity expert briefed on the matter told NBC News the threat from that breach seems to be ongoing. That's a the, quote. Yeah, the threat from that breach, that's the breach of the vendor system. The intel, That source did not say that local county election systems themselves had been breached. They didn't go that far. Now, maybe the Russians did succeed in that. We honestly don't know. But Nelson well, how has— about the, How about the n- fact that the governor isn't currently running around with his hair on fire, that the vendor used he by county election any. systems— Well, for her, well okay, yeah, good yeah, point. Well, there's no hair for to be <laughs> on fire. I, I stand corrected. <laughs> but, um, but, but, you know, how come he's not going around with his head on fire that there is a threat <laughs> to his state's electoral system? That's not small. Well, well This the, is the, not on, minor. To, 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 to be fair, the biggest— the biggest argument that Nelson is correct is the fact that Scott has essentially refused to refute him and the fact that just about every that that the that just every, that neither senators Rubio nor Burr nor Warner have actually directly refuted him they've essentially said well we know the Russians have tried to get into the system and then they leave it there the fact of the matter is at the very least Nelson appears to be exaggerating. He looks a lot stronger now than it did, say, on Friday before the intel community leaked in his favor. And, hey, that that's fine. If, you know, that's, We all agreed earlier in the show hyperbole is not a crime. Right. I'm not saying it's a crime. <laughs> the, 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 point I'm making, the point I'm making here is that we, we really don't know 
the point is we really don't know what is going on. Bill Nelson looks a lot better today than he does say on Thursday when I thought he was just completely out of, I didn't think he was senile necessarily. I just thought being a being a senator who had been there since the 1980s, he figured he could play 1980s games of throw something out that may or may not be true, and no one's actually going to come around and challenge him on it. This is 2018. You get challenged on this sort of thing. He's on firmer ground now than he was on Thursday. I'm not going to say he's necessarily fully vindicated just yet. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? All of this is going to be really – Water under the bridge, old news in 2021, when President-elect Michael Avenatti puts his hand on the Bible oh, and takes goodness. the oath of office, right? Sure. This is the sound of me banging my head on my desk. Is this a joke? <laughs> Apparently you know not. I predicted this several weeks ago. I said something about, watch, we're going to end up with Michael Avenatti running for president, and those debates between him and Trump are going to be epic exercises and gladiatorial stupidity. <laughs> this is like a Paul. What was his name? Paul. Paul Pearson. What was it? Uh, no. Listen, oh, it's a great Andy country. Thompson. Brothers guy. Yeah. It's it's a great country where anyone can run for president, and if Mister Avenatti believes he's the best person to take on Donald Trump and potentially run the United States, God bless him. He should run for president and let the voters weigh in. Here's the in thing: the primary. My, my- let the My, voters weigh in in the primary. In the for the primaries. love of God, Absolutely. weigh in in the primary and don't get us stuck with Avenatti v. Trump. <laughs> he's he's going to be the first presidential candidate with a GoFundMe campaign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Ralph Nader is allowed to run for president, then I guess yeah. this guy could. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I mean, the know, problem with Avenatti ben, is, ben Carson. Ben Carson was a surgeon. <laughs> the problem with Avenatti is the same problem as with Trump. He has no government experience. He's just, you know, a loudmouth with expertise and something sort of related to government. And I don't want him to be president. I want somebody good at it. <laughs> I mean, he would actually be less experienced than Donald Trump if he were running in 2020. Oh, Michael gosh. Avenatti is is not winning any primaries. Now, I know everybody said that about Trump. You know, you can't talk about politics anymore with people going, well, that's what everybody thought about Trump. Everybody thought Hillary was going to win. You can still use – and DJ and I had a very, <laughs> a very heated debate about this on Facebook this week. I think you can still make projections based on polling and based on what we know, even oh. with the caveat of 2016. Yeah, I mean, we can try. <laughs> I it, well, it's but I don't think it's even Trump that has has foiled traditional polling methods. I think it's social media. I think it's the speed at which information um, outpaces the polling results. I feel that polls actually cannibalize one another. Like you read one poll and you have that sort of knee jerk response to to re- react a different way. So it, I. I think we're basically living in some in an information vortex, and it, predictions are harder because things change so quickly. Case in point, Comey letter. Yeah, I, I think re- regarding Mister 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 Avenatti, uh, you know, it, like everyone else, we'll have to we'll have to see how he does in the campaign trail. I mean, hey. I mean he's for, on whatever, the campaign what, trail. Make no mistake. The man is in yeah, Iowa, he, and he's, one of you said he's know, in New he, Hampshire. He's hiring staff, but he doesn't have a committee filed. He doesn't have an exploratory committee. Well, you know, that that he he can do that next year. My point is, 
that you you know if if he manages to catch the democratic zeitgeist then yes there is a good chance he'll be the nominee whether he catches the democratic zeitgeist is and again full disclosure my my candidate is still congressman john delaney who's out there in iowa right now you haven't uh, talked about him yet well, no, I'm mentioning. <laughs> okay, uh, okay, okay. Correct so, your keep on talking. But it's, but it's, a, but it's, it's. You know, we'll, we'll see what he does. We'll see what he does in the campaign trail. We'll see if he can strike a nerve. We'll see if he can. I mean, the the, the Democratic Party needs still needs some time to figure itself out. Uh, and you know, bizarrely enough, he may end up being the answer. I no, sincerely doubt it. But we'll just have to wait and see. Okay, well, in that case, I'm voting for Dwayne Alonzo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho in 2020. <laughs> Forget it. You might as well. There's a there's a account on Twitter that's a turnip that's throwing its hat in the ring. Might turnip. as well. I might like vote that. for the turnip. Might I like well. that succotash. Well, listen, you know, there have been people who uh, over the last few months have said that our show, because we tend to lean left of center and there's no Trump people, that we don't have debate anymore. I think after this episode, no one can say that we don't have debate on the show anymore. Uh, real but we debate. still don't have hate. So we want to thank everybody for testifying. Oh, I mean listening. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at hashtag MPU Podcast and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast and share our link on your Facebook timeline so your friends can discover us as well, Real Debate Without the Hate. And if you would like to debate with us between shows, join us in our Facebook group, Open Fire Politics. We're all there, and we'd love to see you there too. Okay, what what do you guys want to end on? Um, I don't know if a turnip is right for the Democratic Party. I'm a Rosa for president. How about that? Oh, there we go. Why not? Uh, Omarosa. Uh, so many reasons why not, actually. It, but. It's Condoleezza Rice with a little bit of, of, of uh, spice. <laughs> Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there are over 10,000 wine grape varieties worldwide? Here's to thousands of gift possibilities. My go-to holiday wine is Chardonnay. I love it with turkey and potatoes. Pile on the gravy. Let me show you our more than 8,000 party-perfect wines that are in your budget and out of this world. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers!